received voice message received today at 7.20 p.m. Hello, this is Dr. Steve Hotze with Conservative Republicans of Harris County. Have you had enough of George Soros and the radical Democrats' attempts to promote mob rule and anarchy? Republicans believe in jobs, not mobs. Vote early and be sure to vote straight Republican. Republicans believe in the rule of constitutional law. The Democrats promote mob rule and moral anarchy, open borders, abortion, the LGBTQ agenda, drag queen story hour, socialism, and communism. The Democrats must be stopped. There are 56 judgeships at stake in Harris County, and you can make sure that we elect right-thinking Republican judges by voting straight Republican. This is Dr. Hochi saying, let's tell Soros and the Democrats, don't mess with Texas. Thank you for your stand for conservative values. Paid for by conservative Republicans of Harris County. Listen to a voice message from the Republican leader Dr. Stephen Hotze. He is a Texas Harris County leader of a movement for social and religious conservatism. When it comes to political discourse, this is a good example of especially harsh rhetoric that not only upsets liberal voters but also Republicans leaning in towards the middle or simply away from radical social conservatism. You're listening to Radio Utblick a foreign affairs podcast from the Society of International Affairs in Gothenburg, Sweden. My name is Gustav Nyqvist. I'm traveling around the US to paint a picture of the midterm election from the perspective of new political movements on the rise around America. I'm in Houston, Texas, visiting a local polling place where the lines run long and early voter turnout seems as high as the presidential election in 2016, way above what is expected in a midterm election. But not this midterm election, something is going on in America. And the thing is not just one, but many different social and political movements growing very fast at the same time and they are creating some of the biggest voter turnout ever seen in a midterm election, especially in Texas double early voting turnout than the 2014's midterms. What does this mean? 
it means a lot. Many states might swing from red to blue. The big story is what it might mean on a federal level, with the ongoing investigation led by Robert Mueller, head of the special counsel investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 United States elections. The bigger story might be that some of these states never swing back again. Why? Because of voter demographics and an end to voter suppression. What is going on in the country in these new movements and the turnout it is creating might have far more reaching effects for this nation's future, the nation itself and these divided states. Dr. Stephen Hotzi represents one of these movements, predominantly attacking the LGBT community. Many more seem to be on the other side of the argument, like the Blue Wave movement. A turn to Democratic Congress will be an easy way of measuring whether which way the tide is rolling. Either way, we will not know if we have seen the peak of these new movements by next week, or if they are just the beginning of a new generational movement like that of the civil rights movement or counterculture in 1960s America. Keep listening as they themselves talk to me and I'll publish episodes along the way. So hi, I'm Jim F. Kovach. I'm a Democratic candidate for judge of Harris County Civil Court at Law Number 2. I'm a practicing lawyer in Houston, and today is uh, November 1, 2018, and I was actually licensed to be a lawyer on November 1 of 1991. So today I celebrate 27 years as a practicing lawyer, and now I'm running for judge. So it's the first time you're running for, for office? Yes, I, I had no real interest in running as a politician myself, as a candidate myself. I've always been interested in politics and making sure the government's well run and about my city and my county and my state and my country, but I never wanted to actually be the candidate. Uh, so this year it's a little different. <laughs> so what changed? What made you want to go into politics? Uh, how long ago did you realize that? Uh, so it, it's, I still don't necessarily want to be in politics, uh, but unfortunately that's how we elect our judges, is, is we elect them and you run as a, as a party affiliation uh, in most cases. Uh, so I've been running now for 15 months because I ran in the Democratic primary and I had an opponent in that race and the election was in March and I won that election. Uh, so, but the, what brought me into it was uh, over 15 months ago, I was in court and I saw some things I didn't like. Um, I, I'm a white male that um, when I'm in court, I get treated one way, and I see people that don't necessarily look like me get treated differently, especially if they're a person of color, and even more uh, alarming if they have no lawyer. If they can't afford a lawyer, they're just not treated very well. And I decided I didn't want to practice law in a court that where people were treated that way. Um, even though I was actually kind of the beneficiary of it, it wasn't didn't sit right with me. So I decided I was going to stop practicing law and go into real estate. And my husband convinced me otherwise and said that we need to go fix the problem and that I'm experienced and qualified, so I should be the one to go do it. So I said, okay. So how do you like your chances? 
Um, I like my chances a lot. Um, my situation is a little unusual because um, the incumbent always has an advantage. They have name recognition. They've been on the bench for four years. They also have an advantage to raise money. Um, we have a strange situation in Texas where the lawyers that practice in the court are usually the main donors to candidates, uh, which of course creates the appearance of impropriety and a conflict of interest. So um, I, I don't necessarily like that, but the incumbent does have an advantage. Uh, in my situation, the incumbent did not win the Republican primary. She lost. So the challenger in the Republican primary is my opponent. And so I like my chances very, very much because um, uh, the, the young lady that won is, is not as qualified as me. I've been doing it for 27 years and handled thousands of cases. And my opponent, to my knowledge, hasn't filed any cases in this court. So if you win, what are you hoping to get done in your first term? So what I would like to see is people treated fairly and appropriately. Um, it's really important that it's really important that when somebody comes in the courtroom that it's their courtroom. You know, as a judge, we're a public servant. And so when somebody comes in the courtroom, they should be uh, treated and their voice should be heard. And they should be allowed to speak and the judge should be respectful and the person setting the tone. And what I've seen in this country over the last two years is the tone has changed. And the tone has gotten um, so troubling that it's even now come down all the way into the courtroom. And that's one of the reasons I'm running. I, I never wanted to be a judge, really. I, I really didn't. I, I was fine being a lawyer, and I've had good success. I have a law firm. I have four employees. My secretary's been with me for 24 years. Uh, so the idea of um, changing from my law firm and running for public service affected more people than me. Uh, affects my family, because um, now I'm a public figure. And But I just believe that it's really important that we have good judges that are there for the right reason and are going to treat everybody fairly and call a ball a ball and a strike a strike and make sure everyone's voice is heard. What do you think the midterm elections are all about? Well, I, th I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here in Harris County. Um, I believe that Harris County, like the other uh, major metropolitan counties within the state of Texas, is very likely to go blue. Uh, when Harris County goes blue, like it did in the presidential election back in 2016, um, that means Harris County is the size. Harris County is the size of 26 states, so there's a lot of people in Harris County, and so when Harris County goes blue, it's going to affect the state of Texas. And if uh, the trend continues, like I believe it is, then the state of Texas could go blue. And when the state of Texas becomes democratic, uh, that's that's a national impact because uh, I don't really see a way that Republicans can win the presidency if the state of Texas is Democratic. Thank you so much for talking with me today sure. and uh, good luck in your running. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Oh, I tell everybody Jim F. Covet's JFK. Because <laughs> <laughs> it makes him remember my name. <laughs> yeah, sure so does. are you on Facebook? Yeah, I am. Oh, okay, can I be friends on Facebook? Of course. <laughs> Party okay, in the sure. neighborhood thanks, tonight. Thanks. So watch out, there's somebody. Oh, well, I thought he was trying to straighten out. Okay. Well, Pleasure to meet you in person. Thanks. 
coming into Houston, I needed a place to stay. I went onto a website for free hosting all around the world and made one request to the one person with an interest in politics and with the fastest response time. I found Doug, who turned out to be more than just interested in politics. He was actually a big part of the local political scene. I'm Doug Markham. I'm the Republican Neighborhood Chairman here in Timbergrove, which is a part of Houston, Texas, uh, which is the largest, fourth largest city in the nation and the largest city in Texas. This is the last day of early voting and we've had a huge turnout. It's almost as high as at presidential levels. Current projections are that we'll have 1.1 to 1.2 million people vote out of our community uh, by the end of Tuesday, which is our official election day. How do you feel in general about the election? It's uh, People are pretty enthusiastic. Yes, there's a great deal of interest this year. Uh, it almost seems like people are trying to have a, a revote of the presidential election from 2016. Uh, here locally, we have a number of contested races, uh, both for U.S. Congress and for the Senate position from the state of Texas. Do you think there's any chance there'll be some major change here or in your district? I think there's a, a likelihood that there'll be some changes here in the local community. Uh, when you get this large of a turnout, that's usually an indication that voters are seeking a change. Are you supporting any particular candidate this run? Well, I'm really pushing uh, Lieutenant Commander uh, Dan Crenshaw, who's running for the U.S. Congress position from this neighborhood. We have an open seat this year because our current congressman is retiring. And this is a, a district which usually leans Republican, but not to the point that it's not a competitive district. Uh, the opposing candidate is Todd Litton, who's a local CEO of a nonprofit and an attorney uh, who lives in the southern part of the district. And Mr. Crenshaw lives more in the northern part of the district, which has a, a larger Republican presence. I'm living here in the center of the city near the, the bottom of the district, which is a more democratic area. So I have a more of a struggle to convince my voters to support my Republican candidate for Congress. So you're basically situated in a potential blue wave district? That's correct. My part of the city is uh, a lot more young people, it's a lot more diverse, and it's a, there's a decent chance that Democrats will carry this particular neighborhood on election day when all the votes have been finally counted. How do you feel about the Make America Great Again movement, if you compare that to like a blue wave movement, and in this, in this election? Yeah, the, the movement is, I mean, Trump is really sort of a movement outside of the Republican Party in many ways. He's sort of more of a populist uh, movement. And like today, we had uh, data which came out regarding our economic situation in the nation. We have one of the lowest unemployment rates we've had. We have one of the highest levels of employment that we've had in, I think, 50 years. Uh, we have the lowest African-American, Asian, and Latino unemployment that we've ever measured in this nation. So on the one hand, the results are looking really good, but there are many of my Republican voters who still don't like the tone of President Trump, his uh, brashness, his ego, his uh, the things that he says and uh, does that seem a little bit edgy or rude. Uh, and I don't think they would consider themselves part of that movement. They still consider themselves part of a Republican movement. Yeah, you, you showed me a pretty strong language on the, 
stuff you get in the mail and uh, phone uh, messages that are uh, commercials for a specific candidates and such. What do you think about the, the language that is being used in the uh, in the in the runs, I think it's runs. inappropriate. And I think it's inappropriate, and it's not helpful in in a district like mine. Uh, there may be a few voters that react in a positive way to that kind of message, but most voters just think that's inappropriate and not civil, uh, just too rude. Has it been like this uh, over a long period of time, or is this something new for uh, the last two years, or uh, beginning in the 2016 presidential election, or is it something we're seeing starting now? No, it's really across the board, and it's been present in our politics for for decades. Um, I think it's become more noticeable because of social media. People can find like-minded people on the media and share and and. There's an echo chamber where they talk to each other and reinforce each other. Uh, but recently, our former attorney general uh, under President Obama, Eric Holder, made a comment that when Republicans go low, the response is to kick them. So there's obviously some a lot of sort of inappropriate rhetoric on both sides of the political divide. And what do you think the results are going to be next week? My... Expectation is that the Republicans will pick up two or three U.S. Senate seats and that the Democrats will pick up some seats in the United States House, the U.S. Congress. But I'm not sure they're going to pick up enough to take complete control. Uh, Most pundits think they will, but I'm seeing a lot of support and interest among Republican voters to come out and vote. And so I think that there's a likelihood that it's going to be very close on election night. So the interest on both sides is probably as big. The interest is almost as high as in the presidential election in 2016, and perhaps higher. Thank you for uh, hosting me, and thank you for talking with me here today. It's been a pleasure having you, man. Have a good trip back to Sweden. Take thank care. you. Okay, guys. I'm, I'll go vote. It'll take a long time, so I, yeah. I would expect you to still be here when I get out. But I'd maybe, probably maybe try and catch a few to talk with some of these other folks and, yeah. and see what they do. All but, right. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Good deal. Nice to meet good you. Good luck to you. Take care. Stephanie Osorio. <laughs> so you just voted. Did you? Did was there some particular reason you came out to vote today? Uh, I always come out to vote because voting is important. But I think it's the most important right now. <laughs> yeah, and how come? What's particularly important in this race? Well, starting with the fact that we're in a state that's mostly has been red for the history of time, I think it's important to. to become more progressive and I think that younger people aren't voting and I'm 27 and I feel like most people my age either don't care or just don't want to get involved and honestly I used to be one of those people like when I turned 18 I did not vote just because I felt like I didn't know enough and now I feel like I'm a full-blown adult (laughs) and I've researched and I care and everything is kind of really scary right now so I feel like people need to vote to not be you know scared what is it that's scarier the most? Oh my God, do you have the time? <laughs> um, uh, just everything. <laughs> Climate change, um, how women are being treated, how different races are being treated. I'm an immigrant um, that is now a citizen, and I have a family that's immigrating or has immigrated, and that's just the whole ice situation is just awful. I mean, there's like a lot. I mean, everyone knows there's just like a clusterfuck, excuse my language, of things that are going on. And then I feel like we need to have the right people in the right offices to at least be progressive and change and go toward the future. So, hmm. 
So what are you hoping for in next week's results? Oh my god. I love Beto. Can we just talk about how in love I am with this man? And I have a boyfriend that I very much love. <laughs> but I think he has the whole state swooning. I think he has the whole country swooning. I have friends, I'm from Florida, that wish that Beto was running in Florida. Like, he's just is a knight. Even if he doesn't win, what he's done so far has been such a fresh air of, like, hope that we have. There are politicians that can be just genuinely nice. There are politicians that can't, you know, in worst case scenario, like, I keep thinking something's going to come out about him and we're going to be like, no, no one's safe. But you know what I mean? It's like somebody you can trust. It's somebody that is progressive thinking, especially when you're talking about internationally. Like I lived in London for two years and I know they have their own issues, but Europe itself is already so progressive. So we're trying to look at you guys and be like, okay, why can't we get to that point if we're one of the biggest you know, countries in the world? And it's still such a struggle here because people like want to complain about everything and people don't want change. They don't want change. They're so stubborn about it. So I think it's really important in Texas to vote blue. So concrete, what do you think he can do when he, if he's elected? I think he has a really he's really good at being in that middle line of being like I'm still here to hear the other side which is very important because right now I think for two years it's been a lot of screaming back and forth to each other like the internet should not even exist right now because people it's just used to scream back and forth when it's not about screaming it's about like humanity like you need to come to a consensus compromise in any relationship in any friendship in anything in life it's a compromise so why are we compromising and I think he's a really good person to kind of listen to both sides even though everyone thinks obviously he's like our liberal Jesus or whatever <laughs> people think he is but I think he's also like there's a lot of Republicans I think that respect him too and he has a lot of Republican friends that he can kind of work with instead of yelling he's not a yeller I like not yelling <laughs> are you liking his chances I hope so. I don't want to like jinx it. There's no wood to knock on, but um, I hope so. I think from everything I know, but I'm also an actress in town, so I'm around a lot of liberal people, and I'm an immigrant, so I'm around a lot of liberal people, and so I don't. I will try to think outside my bubble, which is the rest of Texas, and I think I'm hoping that everyone else is also thinking the same way. Mm. I don't know. Uh, do you sympathize with any of these new political movements that are going around the, the states right now? All of them. I mean, all the positive ones. <laughs> There's a couple negative ones I don't sympathize with. But anything to do with, I mean, women's movement, Me Too, um, all the, you know, Black Lives Matter. Oh, my gosh. All of that. That's so important. And it needs to be brought to light. And I can't even believe I'm saying this in 2018. Like, half the stuff that's been happening, I feel like we're in the 60s. Like, what what's happening? <laughs> you know? It makes our generation not want to have kids. We're like, well, the world's going to get a die and nobody's going to have anything positive to say there's just a lot of hate in the world and i think it would all be solved if everyone was just nicer i know that sounds really lame to say but people aren't people are thinking about hidden agendas and money and things and they're not just thinking about just generally being better people to each other is that bad thanks so much for talking to me today i'm not the best talker and i'm gonna rant no it's fine <laughs> thank you i appreciate it what so podcast much. is it it's called the radio utblick It's a Swedish word for outlook. Oh, cool! So I can I like, find podcasts. it on your phone if you like. I actually left my phone in my car, but I'm gonna listen. I'm all, all. Uh, that's all we do at work. Listen to podcasts. Yeah, that's all yeah, we yeah. do. I think it's. <laughs> a, yeah.